Good day. It is February 5th, 2024. Pete Hofstra here with an update on North American equities. How about that U.S. employment picture? That's probably the uh, one of the big headlines uh, from the last month. So much, much stronger employment than many had estimated. Uh, and that impacts, obviously, the decision matrix for the uh, Federal Reserve and what interest rates might do. Uh, and as we talked about, you know, recurringly, there is this tug of war between, you know, rates being restrictive. When are they going to impact the economy? Can we keep them high until in- inflation is back to 2%? As long as the employment picture is strong, they're not likely to cut rates until they see that 2%. Uh, and then Jerome Powell uh, obviously gave a comment with a Fed statement and was interviewed by the press and sort of alluded to all of that. They'll remain data dependent, as always, uh, but they, you know, they don't see inflation reasserting itself. They like the deflationary trend, but there's kind of no reason to act until they hit the 2% because the employment picture looks good, because the U.S. economy seems to be holding up just fine. And so what's interesting in this too is is remember that as inflation comes down, the restrictive impact is going up, right? Really the restrictive impact is the difference between inflation and where interest rates sit. So if interest rates stay constant and inflation is going down, that restrictive impact is actually going up. Uh, And so to some extent, inflation coming down is doing the Fed's work and trying to be restrictive and ultimately slow things down to the point where uh, inflation does settle back in at that 2%. You know, one of the themes we've been mentioning in this podcast is to try to figure out how can we slam through this type of interest rate hike without being enormously disruptive. I mean, if interest rates become irrelevant, or is there just a massive lag and, and it's still to come? And there's others have asked that same question. Uh, and a big German insurance company actually tried to run the numbers. And what they concluded, it's about 55-45 of what's causing the current disinflation. 55 being simply capitalism working, the supply chain healing, higher prices causing you know companies to, to bring back manufacturing to serve those higher prices and all of that. That was a 55% impact. And the Fed is the other 45 and kind of split between what they did and what they forecasted they would do, right? And so it's this view that early on, right, inflation started to show up and the Fed said, not our problem. Uh, And then they pivoted. And once they pivoted, people started to really believe that the Fed would not let inflation stay high. And that also has an impact. But the biggest, which is interesting, I think, was the 55 to the economy just kind of doing what it's supposed to do. So Fed not irrelevant, but not necessarily uh, the massive impact. Um, and then again, so we'll see whether these rates can really start to, to bite. And that's what we'll continue to keep an eye on um, is what that employment picture and inflation picture look like. So let's touch quickly on some of the Q4 results. Um, interesting, like I would say solid, some of the mega caps have reported. A nice little smattering, you know, maybe Apple and Google a little bit weak. Apple struggling in China, China struggling generally to get outside of North America just for a, as a quick aside. You've got Japan hitting all-time highs, NASDAQ and the S&P near all-time highs, and Hong Kong and China stocks just absolutely getting hammered. So certainly you've seen a divergence in their economy. They're working actively to stimulate while a lot of the rest of the world is still in restrictive territory. But anyway, that's sort of a quick aside. The world is certainly not uniform. Uh, and, upon, and again, this is all, <clears throat> as we've described before, covid you know, is to the economy what volcanoes are to the climate, right? It's been an extremely disruptive event, and depending on how you dealt with it, there's certainly lots of hangover effects, and, and China having a very different approach to COVID has a very different hangover effects and, and trying to stimulate versus trying to restrict the impact of all the excess spending. Anyway, bit of a bit of a quick aside, 
Um, back to the results, you know, Microsoft, uh, they just win. They nailed it. Bang on. Solid. Meta blew the doors off. So that was one of the ones that was interesting. If you own or follow that stock, you would have seen it go a little ballistic. And what happened to Mark Zuckerberg? What happened to Go Fast and Break Things guy is now actually paying a dividend and controlling costs. So he's obviously had a conversion experience and taking a very, very different approach to how he runs that business. So all of that to say, there's certainly opportunities out there. You know, it, it's balancing all of that with what we hear from companies and that business is being done, but it's a lot more difficult than it was, say, a couple of years ago. Uh, but if you have good products, you help bring productivity, um, there's opportunity to win business. So, you know, it's, it seems it's what it is. It should be a balanced, you know, growth. Um, and stocks being near all-time highs, again, would want to put out to you that that's the default, right? Stock markets should be reaching all-time highs consistently. Just on inflation alone, market caps should be going up. So therefore, stock indices going up. Then you mix in a bit of economic growth, that's going to drive it you know, to all-time highs consistently. And then you factor in that indices get rebalanced to kind of the highest growing or largest company. So basically, the best operators become the most dominant part of the index. So between those three factors, inflation, economic growth, and a refactoring to the best businesses means stock markets should be reaching all-time highs, you know, kind of every cycle, unless you get some pocket of irrational exuberance in there. Uh, and so I don't think stocks getting to all-time highs is a reason to get cautious, but it's a key to watch the underlying fundamentals. And as I said, we'll, we'll work to see where those pockets of opportunity are and, and rebalance accordingly. Anyway, it's a bit of a smattering, a bit of a longer one um, today, but hopefully that's helpful and we'll look forward to checking in with you again in a month. Take care. This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax, or investment advice or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment. Certain statements in this podcast are forward-looking that are predictive in nature, depend upon, or refer to future events or conditions. Forward-looking statements are subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those set forth. Although the forward-looking statements contained herein are based upon what CI Global Asset Management and the Portfolio Manager believe to be reasonable assumptions, neither CI Global Asset Management nor the Portfolio Manager can assure that actual results will be consistent with these forward-looking statements. Certain statements contained in this podcast are based in whole or in part on information provided by third parties, and CI Global Asset Management has taken reasonable steps to ensure their accuracy. Market conditions may change, which may impact the information contained in this podcast. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the prospectus before investing. The indicated rates of return are the historical annual compounded total returns net of fees and expenses payable by the fund, including changes in security value and reinvestment of all dividends or distributions, and do not take into account sales, redemption, distribution, or optional charges or income taxes payable by any security holder that would have reduced returns. Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated.